soybean and uh, soybean oil. Okay. And then the spread will be uh, unit quantity of soybean and unit quantity of soybean oil and you take the difference between the prices. This is the spread. So here I'm not talking about the ask bid spread, bid ask spread, this sounds a little better, bid ask spread. But we are talking about two perhaps closely related items and then the difference between the unit prices. That's A spread. Now this example of soybean is the, here they are pretty closely related. So that's no big deal. But a, a very smart entrepreneur might see some vague connection between the price of, uh, of soybean oil and the price of corn. Which I am unable to see. But it's his business to look for spreads which are promising, you can exploit them and develop a new type of business. You see, so I'm trying to think of arbitrage and think of spread in a, a, a most general setting. So that's the concept of a spread. And the next concept I want to explain is the straddle. These terms uh, come from the trade. I mean, speculators in the commodity markets will talk about straddles, and the straddle has a long leg and the long leg and the short leg. And it's called a straddle because you enter them either simultaneously or not simultaneously. And that means, long leg means an outright buy. You are buying something. But more typically, it's a commitment to buy not necessarily uh, buying on the spot, but a commitment to buy, or the liquidation of a commitment to sell. These are all under the concept of long, long leg, okay? And a short leg is the opposite. A short leg, would be an outright sale. But more typically, it is a commitment to sell at a pre-agreed price. Sell in the future, but at a price at the 
Papa is not. So, as I said, it's a commitment to buy, or it could be the uh, liquidation of a commitment to sell. So, so you see, we are widening the concept in every, every reasonable way to make the theory useful. So now what is happening is that there is the vertical structure and the horizontal structure of classifying goods. The uh, vertical structure is due to Böhm Bauwerk, who introduced the idea of uh, degree of goods. What happens is that in the production process, you start with uh, something produced by the, what's the word for either mining or agriculture? There is a word for that. Their produce is primary, 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 which is not preceded by previous production because, and that could be agriculture or mining or some such thing. Okay, so. And a consumer good which is ready to for sale to the ultimate consumer, he calls, he calls uh, first degree good, okay? And the semi-finished good which goes into the first degree good is called second degree. And this way, you go higher and higher, at the highest level would be this primary. But we are not really concerned with that, I'm just putting it into context. So, Böhm Bauwerk introduced this degree. The first degree is the closest to the consumer. And then the degree itself shows how many steps this semi-finished good will go through before it becomes a, a final good which is ready for sale to the ultimate consumer. Okay. So, we, we call this vertical because if we just represent them, uh, then this shows the line of production. How these semi-finished goods get closer and closer to the consumer and the degree gets lower and lower because the, the degree shows the, uh, the remoteness of the 
semi-finished good from the consumer. See, all production has a purpose to satisfy some uh, demand, which is ultimately consumer demand. And uh, that's the, the vertical structure. Now, there is also a horizontal structure, and as a result of the two, you have this what looks like a net or a cobweb or something like this. And, and uh, what is the horizontal structure? Well, two goods are horizontally related if they have the same order, but the outcome is different. The ultimate consumer good is different. So if you take all the first degree goods which you find in the stores, which is ready for sale by the ultimate consumer, well, that would be one layer. And then there would be second degree goods, would be another layer, third degree goods, and so on. You see? Now then, you can talk about horizontal straddles and vertical straddles. I already mentioned the horizontal straddle is when a house or comes about when a housewife is changing the brand she's using for whatever purpose. But also a producer is on the watch that what is his input in his production line could be changed either for reasons of different quality or different price and the same output. You know, the one input could be substituted by something different. And the output would still be the same. But there would be a purpose served by changing the input, either making it the product cheaper or different, higher, lower quality, or many other different reasons. So when the entrepreneur or producer discovers a promising spread, he puts on a strategy. In a competitive environment, this could be very important because if you set yourself up that you are manufacturing bicycles, for instance, and you think that it's a good strategy to keep the same input forever, you are probably not going to succeed in that business because your competitors will look for profitable spreads which suggests switch from an item in input, replace it, 
So that's the straddle. And then he, he becomes more competitive. So for this reason, it's, it's very important to look at the production in this sense. It's not a set stream going from semi-finished to finished goods. Because there are many, many variations on the way, which are, and sometimes these are very surprising to most of us outsiders. We don't see why the producer all of a sudden decides that uh, uh, a certain. Uh, I, I don't have ready examples, but probably every one of you could make up one. Yeah. Take the producer, he has his set ways of doing business, and there is a more dynamic guy in the market competing, selling the same product, who is much more, much broad, broader minded, and he wants to change, making the goods cheaper and better, what he says. And as a consequence, he is looking for spreads. If the spread is wide, it's more promising than if the spread is narrow. Why? Because during the pr production process, when you address a spread, the result will be a narrowing. Because what you are buying, your input, the, uh, let's assume that several producers are addressing or attacking the same spread, then it means they are bidding well, how is that? <laughs> they're, they're bidding it up. They're bidding the price up to the limits. There's no limit. Uh, they're closing. By their own action, they're closing. Oh, them. yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. So, uh, as these producers are addressing the same spread, they are they are increasing the price. Okay, and when they are selling the same they are decreasing that. So, uh, in this case, it, we have to assume that the uh, unit price, in one case, is lower and the other is higher. So, uh, but that is not important because it all depends on the choice of the unit. So, let's just say that the spread is narrowing. And as the spread narrows, the 
profitability of this particular production is diminishing. So the producer is on the lookout for widespread and when he sees the possibility of <clears throat> substituting, then he will make the switch. So this could be a vertical spread, it could be a horizontal spread, and it could also be a combination of the two. You see, so then you have diagonal uh, straddles. That's also possible. So what I'm suggesting is that this is a very powerful way of looking at the production. And this is the switch from the old model, which is the equilibrium to the disequilibrium, is like switching from black and white TV to a colored TV, or even a three-dimensional TV, because a lot of things are ignored by the equilibrium theory, which can be taken care of by the disequilibrium theory. Just to give you one example, the equilibrium theory ignores the possibility that the producer would deliberately change the input. It's just a one-dimensional picture. There's no horizontal and vertical uh, structure. It's just input-output and a straight movement. And in actual fact, the producers are looking at variations of input, but also variations of output. Because, for example, a producer discovers that if he replaces some the design, if he replaces the old design of his final product slightly, which makes it possible for him to cut the price, the, produce, the consumers will still respond. Because, you know, you could put some embellishment on the final product. And then, if the consumers are very price conscious, they wouldn't care for this embellishment, which is not basically necessary for the use of the final product. And then 
he changes his output and still meet the same demand. Or he can, he, for instance, he has been, let's talk about Coca-Cola, for example. The Coca-Cola company has been selling the same Coca-Cola for uh, half a century. And then one of the managers suggests, why not introduce light coke, which is basically the same, but replacing sugar with some kind of artificial sweetener. So this is like a slight change in the output. Now, uh, there are similar examples where where here, instead of one brand, the company is offering two brands. But it could also mean, be the case, that one brand is simply discontinued and a similar brand is introduced instead. So that's really variation at the output the reason could be different. We'd be making it cheaper, making it more attractive, and so on. So these are deliberate changes in the input and the output for some purpose. And what you should see is that the old-fashioned supply-demand equilibrium theory is not able to handle these deliberate changes in input and output. You've got, you've got to go to Menger's disequilibrium theory. Because the equilibrium theory is one-dimensional, black and white, insensitive to many things. But the disequilibrium theory can catch all these more refined things, points. And as a result, it's much closer to reality. Well, I guess we could take a Yes. Break. It's uh, time for a coffee break. Let me just mention there is a list that circulates with emails you have it there, you will receive um, the slides on um, the previous presentation and perhaps I may add, I have made a presentation on the disequilibrium on the consumer goods uh, last year in Budapest. Oh. I may just as well throw it in. And you can... Yeah, I'll circle, I'll, I'll send it. And, oh, you send it right... Send it to everybody who is on the list.